Welcome to this edition of Community Associations Institute's podcast. My name is Tony Campisi, Executive Director of Community Associations Institute's Pennsylvania and Delaware Valley Chapter. One of the questions we often get at the chapter office from community association managers as well as elected association board members has to do with records retention. That will be the focus for this episode of CAI's podcast. We'll be talking about documents such as financial records, tax returns, audits, meeting minutes, board resolutions, among others. How long should these documents be kept and stored and where? We'll find out in this podcast where my guest is Marshall Grainer, Esquire, with Grainer and Grainer PC in Horsham, Pennsylvania. Marshall's practice is limited to drafting and editing community association governing documents, non-litigation dispute resolution, creative problem solving, and providing guidance to association boards. He is one of the principal authors of the Pennsylvania Uniform Planned Community Act and is a fellow of CAI's College of Community Association Lawyers. Marshall is also a member of CAI's Pennsylvania Legislative Action Committee. So welcome, Marshall. Hi, Tony. Um, let's begin with a basic question, which I'm sure a lot of listeners may have. Is there a standard rule regarding the type of documents community associations should keep and for how long? Boy, I wish there were, but no, there is no general rule. And that uh, gets us into the question of, so then, what do you need? What, what has to be retained? Where do these rules and regulations come from? You know, some people believe that you should just keep documents for seven years. They have this idea that seven years is a magical number. And perhaps they get that from Internal Revenue uh, Service regulations. But in fact, there's no law that I can find. There's nothing on the books that says what documents have to be kept and how long they have to be kept. Hence the fact that uh, we have these questions all the time and nobody can give a really good solid answer. So uh, when it comes to the law, now most of our listeners are, are probably tuning in from the three states we, we cover, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware. There are, no, are there any statutes in these states that would apply? Well, each state has statutes for their community associations, but they don't have a particular timeline for saving documents. Uh, we also have the nonprofit corporation and nonprofit entity laws in each of these states. And again, they don't have a specific deadline for deleting documents and things like that. What we do have is the requirement that homeowners and members of associations should have the right of access to documents. And we do have uh, the requirement that documents that are in the hands of the developer have to be turned over to the association. And if there are laws that specifically say what has to be turned over, you would think that those are important things to keep long term. So without any official guidance from federal or state laws, I would assume then it would be a good recommendation for community associations to adopt their own policy on this, on this issue. Policies are really important. I mean, let, let's talk about what the reasons are for having records to begin with, and then I think listeners can understand or, or begin to formulate their own policy for, for how to do things. To a certain extent, you want to have the history of the association, when it began, who the developer was, um, what was originally built, and hopefully the plans and specifications of the community and the common facilities are handed over. 
You also need, for IRS and other reasons, taxes, financial records, uh, collections records for uh, owners who are delinquent. To a certain extent, you want to protect yourself from lawsuits. So if somebody slips and falls, you need to have any investigation that was done, photographs, things like that, which you would need to keep. And then you want to have a consistent rules and regulations policy. Um, so you want to know the history of how you got to a particular place with your rules and regulations and the minutes of when those meetings took place and those were adopted are, are good things to keep. So those are the reasons to have records, but there are also reasons to get rid of records. And there are lots of different reasons. One is it creates clutter. It's expensive. I've seen associations that have 50, 60, 70 boxes of old records from the 1970s and 80s. They never open them up. Uh, they're a fire hazard. You have to pay to have them stored somewhere. So why do you need them? Well, we're afraid that we might someday, so we keep them forever. You might be confused about old rules versus new rules if you've got all these regulations that the community adopted 30 or 40 years ago and have been replaced over time. Vermin, things eat these documents. Uh, they can catch fire. That's one reason why you might want to digitize some of the documents that you do need to keep. Um, I, I, I want to come back to the digital issue in a second, but um, we, you talked about uh, storage, physical storage. Other than the, the, you know, the fire danger, the, the potential loss of the documents in some sort of a you know, fire or flood, is there another danger to a community just erring on the side of caution and keeping everything? Well, there's two issues. One is trying to find it when you actually need it. Unless you have a really good system of cataloging, and I have very rarely seen that in my experience, it's going to be difficult. The more you have, the more you have to go through. But there's also the question about lawsuits and, and how much you really need to have. It can be it can be confusing or even dangerous to have too much information. Every single email, every single conversation about something, it can come back and haunt you as a board. You mentioned something earlier about um, the perception that documents need to be kept forever. Are there specific documents that you would either recommend or that it just makes sense to keep permanently? Well, let, let's look at the source of, of the information. Um, CAI has done some records retention policies, general policies that are available to CAI members uh, in various CAI publications. Um, the AICPA, the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, has its list of recommended document retention. There are nonprofit uh, associations, both nationally and each state, and they'll have their list, and they differ. So every association with the guidance of their accountant and their attorney should make their own policy of what makes sense for them. But certainly there are certain things that must be kept long-term, forever, basically. Declaration, bylaws, the current rules and regulations, but importantly, financial statements and tax returns. Those are the kinds of things that should be kept forever. The plats and plans that create the association, state and federal tax identification numbers, um, and if you happen to have employees, then employment records have to be kept 
very long term, possibly permanently. So on the opposite end of that scale, then what uh, are, are there are there classes of documents that can simply be thrown away, you know, quickly? Sure. Uh, I don't know any reason why you would need to have the ballots from an election in 1984. Uh, for that matter, if the election's not contested, why are you keeping the ballots at all? Certainly six months would seem to be long enough, and even for a contested election, if the contest is over, don't keep them. Uh, paid bills, maybe three years. I've seen some people say you need to keep, keep them for seven. The same thing with canceled checks. Um, they're, they're clutter. This information is available from your bank if it's really important. So if you have the financial records, the, the summary, the year-end financial reports, and the general ledgers that go with it, you don't need all the, the paperwork that goes behind that for long term. Let's go back to the, the storage issue, and you do have a background in, in management as well as uh, obviously legal. In terms of document storage, whether it's digital or physical, is there an advantage? Are there certain documents that should be kept in paper form if they need quicker access or, or something to that effect? These days with, with digital records, I think it's easier, quicker, and, and better to have everything digitized that you can. You know, many association management companies have web portals so they can upload declaration, bylaws, rules and regulations, CCRCs, and the entire community, as well as the board, as well as the manager, can have access to the exact same records. That's great. Everybody has the most up-to-date copy of the rules and regulations. An owner can't say, well, nobody ever told me because the information is there. So I think that digitizing is wonderful. It also allows for multiple storage locations. The manager can have it. You can have copies in the cloud. The board can keep copies in case they're worried about the management company no longer managing their association. So I, I, like, I like digital records wherever possible. There are, in Pennsylvania, which is what I'm most familiar with, there, there are certain documents that the statutes require to be provided to a, an owner if they ask for it. Mm -hmm. um, there may be similar uh, statutes in, in other states. Uh, in terms of providing the doc, can you, can you comment on, on what, first of all, what documents must be provided to owners? And then secondly, is there a, a preferred method of, of providing the document? For example, is it safe to email a document? Should you not email a document? Should it be provided in, in print form only? Um, let, let's visit that subject a little bit. That, that's a lot of different questions, so let's, let's take that apart. Uh, first of all, what information are owners entitled to? Owners are owners of the company. The company is their condominium or homeowners association or cooperative. So as, as a member, you're entitled to basically everything that isn't privileged in some fashion, you know, lawyer-client kind of privilege. So a homeowner is entitled to visit the office of the association and look at anything they want to see. The more you have digital, the easier it would be to email it to somebody and not waste a lot of time and money photocopying and mailing those documents. So I'm all for open documentation, records that are available to uh, basically everybody. 
because they're entitled to the books and records. You know, under Pennsylvania law, which I know, as you do, uh, better than the others, there are specific things if the association does not provide the financial records in a timely fashion, um, an aggrieved homeowner can go to the attorney general's office and file a complaint. And we don't need that. The idea is to give good, accurate information to all the owners and make it available. You asked, is there anything that you should not be emailing? Um, you know, there, there's sensitive information, things like social security numbers and bank accounts, but those shouldn't be maintained by the association anyway. Uh, the association's bank account information, yes, but but not the rest. So there really isn't anything that's that's a secret. I mean, the, the information that you have, your financial records from the end of the year, those are things that, that everybody is entitled to see. Your other question was, uh, what about information, let's say, on a resale? Um, what is a homeowner entitled to or what does a you know, what, is, what does a seller give to a buyer and how should those be delivered? Again, I like doing it electronically. It saves trees. It makes it a faster process. Instead of having to mail it and go through the expense, it's available immediately. So uh, what would your advice be to a, um, a community that takes the opposite approach? that it, it, it's, if it's not spelled out in the statute, we don't have to provide it to our owners. Because we do get some calls from owners that say, you know, I can't get copy of XYZ. I just want to, I want to see the document. They won't let me see it. It sounds like you advocate open, almost open access to anything that's not privileged. And there are communities that take the opposite approach. Sure. And, and that's the great thing about uh, America and lawyers. And uh, we have the right to disagree on, on how we want to proceed with our business. But this is a business running an association. Uh, certainly there are times when I don't think that every single piece of paper needs to be shared. If you're in the process of going out to contract, going out to bid on uh, a major contract, I think that the board needs to keep that quiet until they've actually awarded the contract. Once the contract is awarded, that becomes part of the books and records of the association, and I believe everybody's entitled to see it. It's very, very hard to defend against a homeowner asking to look at what the specifications are for snow removal in the community and saying, I'm sorry, we're not going to give that to you because we're the board and we're entitled to keep it. One final question, uh, again, has to do with individuals asking for, or owners asking for information within a community. And we do get this question too. Um, lists of delinquent owners. Uh, you know, every community may have a delinquent owner or two or several who owe money, assessments, etc. for whatever reason. The advice we often hear in, in classes that CAI gives or in articles is that you don't want to, certainly don't want to post that information because there's privacy issues involved. So can you, can you just comment on that? Yeah, I've given that one a lot of thought and I'm not sure that it's a privacy issue as much as not wanting to embarrass people who may be going through a difficult time. And remember that people make mistakes. So you might have the wrong name on your list. And if you publish that list and you got it wrong, you're open for libel and slander and, and just making a terrible mess of things. So I like to give out totals of how much is owed. 
maybe even say we have one owner who owes $6,000 and we have three people that are within two months of being current. I don't like to give out the name, address, and phone number of the people who are delinquent. But I know communities that actually post it in a public location. I think that's wrong, but I think it's wrong not for legal reasons, but for personal relationship reasons. That was a little off topic, but uh, it, it did. I actually do have one more question. Um, and you mentioned ballots earlier. And, and again, this is a question we get from time to time. Who has the right to see ballots, um, either as they're being counted or after the results have been announced? Let's say it's a close election. Someone wins by one vote. Does any owner have the right to see the ballots and, and look at them and uh, you know, you, you talked about when, how long they should be kept, but who has the right to inspect them? I'm not sure. I've, I've been asked the same question, and I like to keep ballots secret just because people are very uncomfortable voting against their next-door neighbor or friend or the person who went door-to-door to try to, to get people to vote for them. So I hate handing them over. But uh, what I prefer to do is to have an impartial person or group of people be judges of election and be in a responsible position to oversee the process and hope that that will keep individuals from asking for ballots. I think the ballots are books and records of the association that people are entitled to, but I really try to avoid that. There is one other topic I want to get at, which is how do you get rid of the documents you want to get rid of? And the answer is shred anything that could have uh, personal information in it and recycle everything else, but do it in an organized way in accordance with a written policy. So Got to sh- have that policy. Shouldn't just throw the documents in the trash and expect no one's going to root through them. <laughs> Somebody will look through them. Well, we've been speaking with Marshall Grainer, Esquire, with Grainer and, Gra- uh, Grainer, and Grainer PC in Horsham. Marshall, I want to thank you for spending this time with me talking about this subject. This information will certainly be very helpful to our community association elected volunteers, as well as our managers. Anyone who would like more information on this topic can visit CAI's national website at www.caionline.org, where members can download a sample record retention schedule. And of course, you can reach out to Marshall by visiting his website at www.grainerlaw.com. That's G-R-A-N-O-R-L-A-W.com. For more resources to help with the management or governance of your condominium, cooperative, or homeowner association, please contact CAI or visit our website at www.cai-padelval.org. Thanks for listening and check out our other podcasts on our website.